Welcome to Redefining Reality, where we live at the intersection of wellness, business, and the birth of a global tribe. So relax your body-mind, open your heart, and recognize that we are the ones we've been waiting for. What is going on, my friends and family? Brian Hardy here. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Redefining Reality. Today's is going to be a good one. It's going to be great. But before we get into that, i got a few things I want to share, and I've got a few things I want to tell y'all about that could potentially impact your lives in a very beneficial way. Offer some new insights, some new tools, some new uh, supplements, and various body-mind enhancers to get you feeling your best. So, first of all, uh, this podcast was recorded during my time in Jamaica. I was down there with my beloved for nine nights in Negril, Jamaica. And what brought us down there was Tomorrow Today Festival. This is an amazing wellness and culture festival that is really, um, you know, living at the cutting edge when it comes to holistic, integrative, community-focused music and fun and adventure experiences, right? You get a lot of music festivals and you get a lot of the holistic stuff, yoga retreats, but this was like the perfect balance between yoga retreat and music festival. And I was blessed to be down there offering my services, offering hands-on work with the rapid release and with some CBD and essential oils as I do at many of these events. Um, and, uh, and also getting a chance to speak as part of the Tribe Talks uh, section, um, the video for which is online and I will link to in the show notes for this episode. Everything for this episode you will find at brianhardy.ca forward slash peptides. That's P-E-P-T-I-D-E-S. Because that was the main focus of this conversation, which I found fascinating. And again, we will get to that very shortly here. But first of all, I want to tell y'all about Vitaging, medicinal mushrooms, and tonic herbs. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I love Vitaging. I love medicinal mushrooms. Primarily reishi, cordyceps, and chaga when I'm going for my mushroom stack. Um, but there's just so many things. There's so many things. They've got black ant extract. They've got gynostemma extract, which is a fantastic subtle energizer that I'll be looking to improve or include more in my uh, ongoing protocols because I'm, again, stepping back from the coffee. And... Um, and with that, looking for more uh, gentle, energetic support. And Ganostema and Cordyceps are definitely two things that can do that. So all you got to do if you want to try any of this goodness and you want to save some coins is go to phytaging.ca and use the code HARDY, all caps, one word, uh, at checkout. And that will knock 10% off of the price of whatever you order. 
and uh, they have not only great products but great information truly the information that they put out on their YouTube channel and in their blogs is really high level uh, Nick Kowalski is the creator behind a lot of that and he is he's really tapped into a lot of good stuff so check that stuff out enjoy it and if you buy it and try it then tag me tag Vitaging the social media let us know what you're uh, playing with and again that's vitaging.ca forward slash I'm sorry Vitaging.ca and coupon code Hardy. Can you tell that I haven't had my coffee today for the first time in, I don't even know how long, a couple weeks. I was definitely hitting the coffee hard uh, while I was away. Lots of Jamaican coffee. I was making cold brew. I was making all kinds of stuff. But uh, my body's like, okay, we're back. Let's uh, tone down the stimulation and tone up the nutrition and the hydration. So uh, that's what I'm doing from here until who knows when. Because I just know for myself that as much as I love coffee, it's definitely not an everyday thing for me uh, over the long term. I can just feel it. It's depleting. You know, it's a strong diuretic. You're losing a lot of minerals and you're losing a lot of water when you're taking it. Um, so you got to compensate for that, right? And most people are already chronically dehydrated. So it's not... Uh, moving things in the right direction as far as I'm concerned on those levels. Anyway, this is not talk about coffee. We are moving on. We are moving on. And the other thing that I want to highlight is uh, a new product for my friends at Neurohacker Collective. Neurohacker.com is their website. And that is their Eternus product. This is a longevity and energy focused product. Whereas in the past, they've had their Qualia, which has been a body and brain nootropic, which I love to use from time to time. They've really shifted gears and moved into a different space with this product. And uh, as always, the ingredients are top notch and uh, it's getting really good feedback and, res and res results with folks. So again, you can save 15% on anything from Neurohacker with coupon code BHARDY at checkout. It's B-H-A-R-D-Y at checkout they always have or usually have their you know save 50% when you subscribe option so if you want to try it out for 30 days you can actually save up to 65% on your first order because of the 50% off plus my discount code be hardy so if that calls to you and if you're feeling like okay my body my brain they're just not functioning properly rather than trying to uh, you know cherry pick cherry pick certain nutrients and figure out what's going to be the best these kind of formulas are more of a shotgun approach and they include a lot of great things and a lot of high quality forms of those vitamins and minerals um, such that you'll save time and money and energy and effort by simply going straight to one of these really well formulated products rather than trying to pick out just the vitamin D or just the K or just the magnesium you know, that can get complicated if you don't have a professional to advise you, right? That's a lot, a lot about what I do with folks is just advising on their stacks and their supplements and their, you know, they're optimizing their nutrient status. But if you don't want to do that, then try one of their formulas and uh, see how you feel. It might just be the thing for you. I think that is all. I definitely want to encourage y'all to stay attuned to tomorrow today on uh, social media. And stay tuned, you'll hear from me at some point, to their 2020 dates. Because it truly is a next level festival. 
and one that you're going to want to tap into and one that's going to serve you well because the community there is top-notch. Anywho, today's podcast is all about peptides. Yes, peptides. You may have heard of these before. You may have heard me talk about them before. You may have seen me, you know, injecting them into my body. I have done that and posted about it on social media. And um, it's a bit of a complex subject, and it's a subject that doctors aren't trained in. It's a subject that won't get a lot of uh, airplay or funding because it's not patentable, such as pharmaceutical drugs are patentable, and yet the results people are getting are quite profound with these compounds. Um, and so I wanted to bring somebody on who's a true expert, has a lot of experience in the field. You know, uh, my guest, Jean-Francois, he has almost as much time in this uh, field, the field of health, strength, performance, nutrition, as I've been alive. So, uh, and he's just a fascinating character, a true Renaissance man. We talk about a lot of things in this podcast. We definitely get off into some rabbit trails around um, society and longevity and sociology of, of longevity and what it means for us as humans and how to simplify and slow down and, you know, really appreciate what we've got and focus on the foundations and bring in these tools, biohacks and supplements as a way to, to do that, to supplement our lifestyles and our lives. So um, we dive into some of his experience, some of his protocols. Um, yeah, the company that he's running with his business partner in Montreal to create really high quality versions of these things. Uh, we talk about all of that. And uh, since the podcast went up, he actually got you guys a discount code, which is, let me double check here, Hardy 10. Hardy 10 is the code. And I believe it's all one word, all lowercase. Uh, yeah, no caps. Hardy 10. All one word. And that'll save 10% off of anything you might get through his shop, which is canlab.net. C A N L A B.net. If you want to try some of these peptides for yourself. But. Regardless of all that, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for your interest and your support. It means so much to myself and to the people who tune in because it's really about bringing that information and that connection to more people so more of us can thrive, we can transcend the struggle, we can tune into our highest potential, our flow, our joy, and amplify that into the world to really create something amazing, which I know a lot of you are already a part of creating, and it's happening every day. So, without further ado, I want you to enjoy this podcast with with Jean-Francois, and if you have any questions, hit us up at the blog or on social media, and let us know that you're listening. Much love, my friends, and I'll catch you soon. You know, overweight is overweight either muscle or fat it's uh it's still overweight yeah it's a stress on the body right exactly you're carrying all that extra mass on your frame and your vasculature has to pump you know that much more um because uh something i have noticed actually i'm sure you did you know, you look at pictures of centenarians and, you know, you read, you know, some of them that have been smoking a cigar every day, the other one eating eggs every day. 
but uh, very different stories. But one thing I've noticed they all have in common is they're all skinny. You don't see a fat centenarian. <laughs> yeah, or a super jacked one either. Exactly. Um, and it, it's interesting. It's interesting. I think potentially, given the era that we're moving into, um, and we'll definitely you know dive into this, and it's already recording, so we're just going to rock and roll. Okay, sure. But um, I think we're moving into this era where more and more people at least will be striving towards that, right? To have the, the performance and the longevity. Um, well, it is happening. I've been in the performance world for uh, since the 80s. And uh, actually, somehow, bodybuilders, I would say they were maybe not the first, but the biggest early biohacking groups mm -hmm. uh, in their own line of things. But, uh, you know, back in the 70s, uh, obviously, with uh, anabolic steroids, they were taking it for a purpose, but it's a form of biohacking, basically. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, uh, you know, some great mind came up. They were not bodybuilder. I'm thinking about Dan Duchesne in the 80s and 90s. I don't know if you heard of him, but he would come up with, uh, you know, he was pretty scientific-based and clinical based and it would come up with things and you could call that yeah i, I call it a form of uh, biohacking but with a different purpose as of today uh they, they wanted to increase uh, performance and uh, body with muscle mass but they 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 brought about many many things that now are still uh how could i say uh and use, I, I've, uh, or, or uh, maybe not bring about, but uh, many things that were used for bodybuilding are now used for uh, longevity and health. Uh, creatine, for example, it was found to be a very potent uh, uh, brain uh, brain protector, and uh, creatine has been used by uh, athletes since uh, the nineties. So, you know, things like that, uh, they, or they, they, they would come about something that, okay, it's good for muscle mass, but then, oh, look at this, it's good for this too or for that, you know, and then, you know, and then it spread and, uh, and uh, like Ben, I've noticed that a lot of people who are in uh, sports, when they're young, they go to sport first to become healthier. In mm. the 70s, they would, it was that running thing. Everybody would run all over the place. Uh, then in the 90s, it was more that fitness thing. You know, it shifted from bodybuilding to like weight training for health. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, younger people, I'm, I'm included. I started to weight train when I was uh, 15 with... Uh, yeah, I did want to improve my physique, but I already, uh, because of my surrounding, you know, had good influences, it was to improve my health too. So that's what you start with. And one thing bringing to the next, then you go into nutrition and, uh, and one step further, then you, and as you get older, then, you know, you're starting to face your uh, mortality. Then you go into aging, uh, anti-aging. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, it's very cool. And it's, it's really been fun to, because I'm, you know, similar to you, having started in the gym with basic strength stuff at, uh, you know, 15, 16, um, and just wanting to really feel better. For me, it was also a confidence thing, right? You want to just feel strong, right? Um, and I think that's a great entry point. And now, and then seeing, you know, where the, you know, end of one or small group personalized research and the pioneers, you know, like the Dan Duchesne's um, yeah. and, uh, you know, people in the biohacking space now that are helping to popularize these things. It's not necessarily recreating the wheel, but just letting more people be aware that, oh, these are tools that we have at our disposal, that uh, there's some good research and some good safety data behind. Um, and certainly, you know, these represent, I think, in many ways, more desirable options than, you know, things like anabolic steroids or even uh, bioidentical hormones in some cases. Um, and so it's, it's really uh, interesting and exciting. And, and I definitely want to dive a bit deeper into this and into some of your work and your research um, around peptides uh, in specific. Um, sure. Because I, I had just heard you on Ben Greenfield's show. Uh-huh. And he's the one who introduced me to peptides okay. back when he did his you know, original blog posts about rapid recovery and BPC and all those things. Um, and so I have a bit of an understanding, but I'd love if you could, just for the listeners who might not be familiar, just kind of break down uh, you know, what peptides are in the general sense um, and then why these are more desirable options for certain cases. Um, and then we'll sort of take it from there and hopefully dive into a bit of um, whether it's your experimentation or research around specific peptides or specific health challenges or health outcomes um, and help sort of just uh, give people a lay of the land as to these are some of the options and some of the things worth considering, right? Um, okay. And, and getting comfortable with the fact that we're, we're moving into this place of more uh, self-empowerment around our health, around the substances that we can use therapeutically. Um, so yeah, if you can kick it off with peptides and sort of uh, we'll, we'll roll from there. And uh, Okay, like a general overview. Well, basically peptides are uh, attached uh, linked amino acids. So uh, uh, as soon as you have two amino acids attached together, that's a peptide. Uh, bigger peptides are uh, many peptides attached to each other or with ramification. Then you would start talking about a small protein and small proteins would form big proteins. So basically, if you go the other way around, when you have proteins, you digest them in smaller protein, and eventually you digest them in uh, peptides, and mm -hmm. you digest the peptides into amino acids. Um, you, they can go, again, from two amino acids up to, uh, well, growth hormone is a technically a peptide that has uh, 191 amino acids. So it can be pretty, pretty big. I've seen like 368 uh, as a, still described as a peptide. And 
68 amino acids. What described it as a peptide is that it was one chain, a single long chain of amino acid. Uh, as soon as you have a chain with that would have a ramification, a second chain attached to it, then you would talk about um, a small protein, polypeptide, you know, then, but you're talking about something bigger. Uh, everything I work with are peptides, small chain, two amino acids, four amino acids, uh, 15 amino acids, 43 amino acids. So they're, they're fr fairly small proteins. And uh, they are, they all occur, well, those I work with, they all occur naturally in the body. Uh, so far, they discovered over 7,000 uh, amino acids, uh, peptides occurring naturally in the body with uh, biochemical functions. Uh, they don't know what each of those 7,000 do. That's what the research is, is investigating. Uh, me, I'm lucky if I know about a hundred of them. <laughs> mm. It's uh, it's uh, it's a new world. It's uh, opening up. It's amazing. Yeah, and what was it that um, made you so fascinated with this area of research and inquiry? Well, it started about 20 years ago. I'm I'm very very fair skinned. If I would go to the sun, I'm, I. Uh, I burn all the time. Mm. So uh, I started to read uh, in a French uh, scientific uh, magazine, but a French uh, vulgarization, a bit like Scientific American, but a French version, mm -hmm. about that tanning peptide uh, that we know now as melanotan. Uh, that research was uh, on course, what, you know, it makes you tan by stimulating your own secretions of uh, melanin. So I, I say, oh, wow, that's interesting. So I found uh, a few companies in the U.S. that would synthesize it. But because the processes, uh, peptides uh, synthesis was kind of, was very new, they were doing a liquid phase uh, synthesis, which makes a peptide much more expensive. Plus, you know, they didn't know much about it. It would have cost uh, like $1,000 a day to, to tan. So I said, well, mm. uh, we'll wait a little. But I kept up with that research, with Westcom, uh, what they were doing with it, you know. And uh, through this, that, that's what brought me in this world of peptides. And uh, as soon as it was available, or I found it available on internet, you know, one of those uh, internet stores, mm -hmm. I, I got some for myself, and uh, yeah, it works big time. So uh, I said, well, the, 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 there is something there. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. parallelly, obviously, still having a foot in the world of uh, athletes, bodybuilding, uh, strength athletes, all those growth hormone secretagogues were started to come out and used by those people. So, you know, it's an entire mix of factors that uh, got, uh, got my interest uh, in those. Yeah. And I'm curious if there's data or if you have a sense one way or the other 
because we know, you know, being in the sun and absorbing sunlight onto our skin and naturally developing a tan, there's a lot of different processes going on that have beneficial effects. And so do we know if the melanotan is uh, stimulating anything except just the darkening of the skin? Is there data on how that yeah. relates to like yeah, it, it doesn't, uh, No, it doesn't do anything else. Okay. But so it yeah, would so still that's, that's it's a purely aesthetic peptide. Um, mm. It is used in some, uh, I know Dr. Ertags in Belgium likes to include it in his anti-aging formulas, but it's still aesthetic because uh, when you have a tan, uh, the skin thickens. It can be as, like it can triple in thickness. So that helps to prevent wrinkles. That's why black people wrinkle much less than white people. Mm. Uh, so it's still like part of an anti-aging, but it's not gonna make you live longer. It's gonna be, it's gonna make you wrinkle less as you age. So that the only other thing in terms of, uh, but it's, it's remain aesthetic. For that view, it is used. Actually, there is another use to it. Uh, a few years ago, a company wanted to market uh, Melanotan as a competitor to Viagra because it has a very strong pro-sexual effect. Mm. And uh, the only reason Melanotan was never marketed for any reason, tanning or uh, that pro-sexual effect, is that there was a too high of a percentage of people uh, getting high blood pressure out of it. Not astronomical, but for a medication to approve, they have a threshold and it didn't pass the requirement of the FDA and all those uh, um, uh, those uh, bodies of uh, law. So they said, no, you, you cannot market it. That's the only reason. In, in, uh, in, in practice, in clinical uh, setting, I would say it affects a very small percentage of people and usually it only affects people who are, and they, they know it even before they take it, if they're prone to high blood pressure or if they have naturally a bit higher blood pressure, yeah, uh, it will uh, aggravate that, uh, that situation. But from- Very interesting. Well, I got to tell you, being someone who is fair-skinned and naturally low blood pressure, mm. I'm, uh, I'm that much more intrigued to give it a go. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. But that's, that's very cool, it's very cool. And I imagine, I mean, this is just kind of silly maybe, but if you're having a natural skin thickening, um, that that would offer protection against minor cuts and bruises. Well, that breaks. was, uh, yeah, 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 a bit. Yeah, even against cuts and all that, or uh, bruising. Yeah. Uh, and against the sun, because basically the idea when they, they started, it was a university in Arizona, then a, a university in Australia jumped in in the research because there are two spots on the planet where uh, skin cancers are very high. So they figure, okay, we're, we cannot stop people from going outside. Mm -hmm. Let's find something that will naturally protect them. So that was the idea. 
And then is this something that you use now ongoing for those same purposes or do you just sort of cycle on and off? Uh, well, that, that, that's uh, protocol wise. Listen, it's easy. You, you, you use it uh, as, uh, as long as you need to get a decent uh, color. The one, actually, usually I tell people, don't be the judge of your tan. You're going to overdo it. Mm. Uh, I've seen people literally turning, uh, well, myself. I was, uh, <laughs> Orange? Uh, no, it's not that orange color you get. You get like brown. Oh, but nice. I, I was on the beach in Marbella in August. Uh, Spanish people are pretty dark to start with. Uh, that was August, so everybody on vacation. I was on the beach, didn't go in the sun for years. And I was asked twice if I was uh, from India. Wow. I was the darkest guy on the beach by far. <laughs> I had Dominican friends. I was darker than them. It was ridiculous because you lose a sense. It's like uh, bodybuilders. They always think they're too small. You know? Yeah. So you get that. Me, I tell people, if you ask somebody close to you, your wife, girlfriend, anybody yeah tell you okay that's enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> because it doesn't look at one point it doesn't look natural because no. you know i have green eyes i was that dark i was standing out and but you know and the the the, the bone structure I, people were i was asked because the it doesn't fit you know so uh, ask somebody to to monitor and once you get that nice color that is still normal, then you can maintain it with maybe one uh, or two at most uh, weekly uh, dose to uh, to maintain uh, as long as you want. Okay, and no risk. You know, I, I'm assuming all you had to do was you know take a little break and your tan would normalize. So there's no risk of you know, permanently darkening oneself. No, no, no. Uh, it takes a long time to go away. If you have a tendency to freckle, it's going to bring the freckles out. Uh, In yeah. those cases, it's, you, what you do is you just do much more, a quarter maybe of the normal dosage. It's going to take you much longer to get the tan, but it won't bring out the freckle uh, as much. So you could control that doing this you have to be a bit more patient you will get the tan but it's going to take you maybe a month instead of uh, 10 days uh, to start to see a, a color to come up but it will come up interesting interesting um okay i think we've covered that one thoroughly um and you had mentioned you know sort of these two categories in our communication before getting on the call about you know regenerative peptides and yes. bioregulator. That's peptides. right. So I'd love if you could sort of distinguish those those two categories, and then maybe we can talk about a few of you know the ones that you see with the highest potential or the uh, best you know therapeutic use for most people to start considering. Well, they 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 all have therapeutic use, and they're all very beneficial. Differences the the. Um, uh, the bioregulators or peptides that are secreted by your own organs. Um, 
there is one for the thyroid, there is one for the liver, there is one for the pancreas. Uh, about every main system or organ has its own bioregulator peptides. Uh, with age, their own secretion decreases or some kind of disease or inflammation. Who knows? It makes those secretions that are very small to begin decrease. So by using them, you restore their action and their action in, in that organ. And the action is, it's a bit like an adaptogen. If a function was too high, it would bring it down. If it's too low, it would bring it up. And basically, I'm talking about uh, specific gene expressions for those organs uh, or systems. Uh, because those peptides, they, have, uh, they all came out of uh, Russia. The first one and the most known is uh, epitalon, which is mostly known for his uh, telomere lengthening. But it does much more than that. It's actually the peptide that uh, bioregulate the whole uh, hormonal system. So uh, including uh, melatonin, the sleep uh, hormones. Mm. Uh, so because of that, it's, uh, okay, uh, I, I think I mentioned it in Ben's podcast, but I will repeat. Uh, the doctor I see is a big uh, proponent of... Uh, armor, thyroid mm -hmm. extracts for thyroid problems. And uh, the order of doctors in Quebec, they don't like him. For some reason, they stick to uh, centroid and that's the only one and blah, blah, blah. But story is that I was in a conversation with him and he told me, he says, uh, beside the fact that I like it for many reasons, he said, I've noticed that my patient using it over time, many, many months, few years, their thyroid functions improve. It slowly come back to normal. And he had no clue why, because you know he was thinking in terms of T3, T4, T2, T1. Mm -hmm. But then I told him, I said, well, no, because even the uh, minute amounts of uh, the peptide that's the bioregulator of the thyroid, it is in the extract. Some of it makes it to the blood flow and gets to the thyroid. And yeah, you, you, you see slowly uh, an improvement in the thyroid functions. So with those peptides, you're looking at long-term effect, not that thing that you take and uh, not like an aspirin. You take an aspirin and bang, uh, within half an hour, the headache is gone. It's really a long-term thing. It's uh, at your, like the studies they did on humans that showed the telomere lengthening of uh, epitalon was done over 15 years. Not, it's not like, okay, you measure your telomere now, do a course of epitalon and measure again and oh boy, no. It's, it's, it's a longer process, but the kind of process that uh, if I talk to you about epitalon, you will thank me in 10, 15, 20 years. You say, oh, yes, you know, now I see the difference compared to other people, for example. That's very cool that it has that sort of adaptogenic effect. And it's like without even realizing it, people are getting a tonic dose 
right? It's like a tonic herb that one would take daily for a long period of time. Exactly, or, or mushrooms, uh, for example, which are very popular right now mm -hmm. uh, for good reasons. So uh, that's uh, sometimes in higher dosage, you can include them in very specific therapies. Uh, but you wouldn't get that kick that you would get from a drug like that immediate effect, uh, strong effect. It's a, it's a slower process. But again, you know, disease, they, they, they don't appear like that. There is a long period of time of development. So you kind of reverse that about at the same rate, you could say, which is more normal process. So those are the bioregulators without going into specifics of each of them. That's pretty much what they do. And then you have another class of peptides. They're only classified by, I classify them by what they do, basically healing peptides. So you have TB500 uh, and BPC157, the most uh, known. Uh, uh, those one have... Uh, they don't regulate anything. They uh, it just you 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 take it when you have an injury. Some factors, uh, proteins, are secreted locally. Infl inflammation. So those peptides recognize those uh, factors. They go where the injury is, and by uh, uh, we're not sure exactly how they work in the, their healing process, but they do work, that, that's for sure. So they go to the injury site and do what they do. They heal the thing and uh, very fast. So uh, just a parenthesis here, there is no spot uh, injection. You know, if you have a... Mm injury in the elbow you don't need to shoot in the elbow unless you actually shoot inside the injury itself uh, and even then I would see it pointless because the peptide will get there anyway through the blood flow you inject sub Q within a half an hour it's all in the blood flow once in the blood flow it's going to take less than a minute to reach injury and it's going to concentrate where it needed so again uh, the only case I would see the need for a spot injecting is for example in the knee where the blood flow is very bad inside the capsula that retain the knee. So if you would do an infiltration of the peptide inside, then yeah, you would get a better effect, double better effect because what was playing against you, which is the bad blood flow, then it's gonna play for you because now the peptide is trapped there and it's gonna get out very slowly instead of fast because of that poor blood flow. So in that case, particular case, yes, it would work. And it was shown in research to do work uh, better, but you need a medical doctor with uh, ultrasound machine with the expert, you know, don't try that at home, basically. Mm -hmm. 
and you get still great results just by systemic uh, injections and it does what it do. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I had done, actually, that was my case in specific was a torn meniscus and some ligament damage. Uh -huh. um, and so I had done, you know, spot injections, but of course, without having a sort of an ultrasound or something to guide, mm -hmm. you're, you're kind of shooting in the dark. Um, mm -hmm. I do think it helped, but again, it's hard to know. Um, the only thing that I've done that was, you know, more definitely uh, spot uh, injected was uh, PRP. Um, so I have done that as well. Um, but of course, that requires... Yeah, yeah, of course. Yes. And, you know, and of course, that requires a professional. It isn't necessarily mm -hmm. practical for the average person to, uh, to do on themselves at home. Exactly. Um, but very, very cool. And uh, I love that, you know, the body is, is wise. And so, like you said, it, it will know how to work with these things and they'll concentrate where they're needed. It's not like it's being used up just aimlessly throughout the, uh, the bloodstream. And one of the things I like the most, because I, our time is short, you know, even if it's a 45 or one hour podcast, we're still can only scratch the surface. Uh, you know, I give conference and a whole day and I still scratch the surface of, on peptides. But uh, one thing I like the most about them is that they don't have any side effects. Basically, the worst case scenario, uh, people will tell you it didn't work. Uh, and that's because usually because they are the left and, you know, that bell curve, they're non-respondent. Mm -hmm. So usually by increasing the dose, then it will work. The, to me, that's the worst that can happen. Uh, sometimes people report some side effects like rashes at injection site, but that's not from the actual peptide. It's from the bacteriostatic water that has a bit of alcohol in it and a few compounds to make it... Uh, to kill bacteria, and a few people are sensitive to those. They may develop a little, nothing big, but a little rash. They think mm. it's the peptide. It's not. It's the water switched to saline water, and it's going to go away. So they, they don't have side effects. So, you know, I'm not afraid to tell people, go ahead, use them. Uh, sometimes there is that argument with TB500 or BPC157 that, yeah, but you increase cell division, then you increase the chances of a bad division, hence cancer. Mm. And you say, well, yes and no, because you're injured already. So those cell divisions will occur anyway. So mm. what you do, you make them occur faster but for a shorter period of time. So let's say you would need 100 uh, cell divisions to cure, to heal, the, whatever it is. Then you're still at the end. Either it's 100 cell division in, in two weeks or in two months. It's still going to be roughly 100 cell divisions. So you didn't increase the risk of cancer. You just made what was going to happen anyway happen faster. You understand? So that yeah. argument is not that valid for that reason. Yeah, and I know just personally and with a lot of the clients that I work with who are you know, a little bit on the older side and want to essentially just maintain the highest quality of life they've got currently, 
that, exactly. that, that shortening that, that healing time is, is an amazing gift we can give to ourselves and to our clients. Um, because, yes. you know, anyone who's been injured and been immobilized, especially if you're into fitness and act, being active, that, you know, that can be very challenging, right? That can induce all kinds of depression and just really suck the essence of your life away. And, and this, to me, is the main point. You know, anti-aging is cool. We could do another podcast only on that uh, because I do a lot of reading on the sociology of anti-aging. And uh, me, I'm more prone to uh, increase the uh, health span rather than the lifespan. Mm-hmm. Because not everybody, most people didn't want to live longer through this. Uh, people who are not doing so well in life, well, if you ask them, they, they're going to tell you why, why, you know, you want to, to extend my misery. And uh, rich people, they're going to say, well, why? You know, I, I had everything, I've done everything, there is nothing. They, they lose interest actually in life. Uh, that what I've seen, people that really uh, th- there are good reasons to live longer and actually it's Ben who, who stated it the best uh, he wants to live longer to help people more time mm-hmm. so that to me is a valid reason uh, and the other group of people who are uh, wants to live longer it's not the actual longer they're looking at it's the not dying part thereafter basically they're afraid to die Mm -hmm. and that usually comes from uh, a lack of solid uh, beliefs whatever what you believe in uh, it comes and you see it most with atheists basically Mm -hmm. Uh, because they they strongly believe there is nothing after that so they, they they don't want to die uh, so, you know, you have those group of people. Uh, uh, when you got that in check, you know, if you have a life that is helpful for others, and usually that comes from strong belief, it's, it's all interrelated. Then uh, I would say, yes, go after uh, living longer. Uh, those are the good reasons. Uh, because we're not wired to uh, have fun all the time uh, again because you know I've been there I've done it uh, when you reach 70 80s uh, if you had a fairly financial good life but well you, you've been there you've done it you know what else is there to do there's so many things uh, uh, it, it's not a valid point usually you see that with younger people you know haven't done it yet so you know yeah but mm-hmm. no uh, I'm, I'm I'm going to turn 56 this summer and already feel that, you know, a lot of things I've done, I've been there. So no, that doesn't drive you so much when you get older. So it's not, uh, it's not what drives people to live longer. The, 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 uh, actually. Yeah. And I, and I would love to revisit the whole topic of anti-aging and longevity, because I do mm. think, as you said, there's a lot of uh, the fear of death and death denial um, that is, you know, then praised in our culture as, oh, this is our ticket to immortality and, uh, you know, leaving some massive legacy and, you know, all these things that can become both 
very, uh, you know, interesting and, and beneficial in the sense of pushing things forward, right? Pushing research forward, pushing certain technological developments forward. But at the same time, I really question, is this actually improving the quality of life for humans on the planet? Or exactly. do we need to get back to basics in a sense and slow down? And well, the, uh, our actual structure of society is not set for that. And uh, for those reasons you just gave right now, for yeah. other reasons. So, so, listen, if I tell you today, I'm going to give you a pill. And I guarantee you, you will live a thousand years. Guarantee, no doubt. Except if you're hit by a car, then you die. Uh, you you would think, oh, cool, you know, a thousand years. It's not like forever, but you say, well, okay, now I have time. But think about it. Sociologically, what would happen? Uh, on the spot, you wouldn't think about it. But then, you know that saying, life is short, take risks. Well, life is not short for you anymore. Mm. So are you going to go on the highway in your car? and risk to die? Are you gonna get bored that plane that may crash? Because as I say, if, like for disease, if you live long enough, you're gonna get all the disease. Mm -hmm. It's question of probability. So now all those probability to die in a car crash, you multiply by 50 or hundreds because you increase the number of years you're gonna live. So you're gonna think, oh, well, maybe not. Maybe I won't go on planes anymore. Maybe I won't go on the highway anymore. Hey, maybe I'm just going to seclude myself in my house and be on the internet and do my things. So suddenly, if you have a whole society like that, then you just change the whole structure of the society. And we're not ready for that. Economically, it's not set up for that. Yeah. So, you know, th there is more than just personal uh, factors. It's sociological. Uh, you know, China is booming. Uh, Africa is booming. Uh, you know, as it is. So now let's say you give uh, a chance to those nations or areas in the world to, to, uh, to live longer. Well, they're going to boom even more. And... We're, we're not ready for that. We're already kind of too many people on this planet. Maybe we're not too many people. Our structures are not ready to accept that many people. You understand? Yeah. yeah. That, that's and, the thing. Uh, Nature-wise, there, there isn't too many people. Uh, but uh, society-wise, yes, there is. You know, the, the, mm -hmm. there, there is a difference. Yeah. Totally, and this is all this is all fascinating stuff that, uh, yeah, like I said, I'd definitely definitely be open to chatting more about in the future. But just to bring it yeah. back to us, and I love it, right? I love the the tangents and the, the rabbit trails because I think there's a lot of value of bridging these different uh, areas of inquiry, mm -hmm. right? And really helping to expand our mental co concepts and constructs, and just um, you know enabling a a, a wider vision to to take place for more and more people so that we can maybe down the future create structures that do, um, you know, take into account these things. But to, to bring it back to peptides um, and just checking in with you, do you have to hop off right at around 1030 or so, or do you have a bit of time? 
say again? Sorry. I, I are, are you okay to stay on the call for a few more minutes or do you need to? Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Because I saw on the screen there that the, the, the podcast was about to finish, but uh, no, no, I have, I have time. If you, okay, if you perfect. Want to, of course. Perfect, perfect. Um, so, in terms of the peptides, I know that uh, quality is something we need to consider, right? Yes. As it is with any natural health product uh, or supplement um, or food, you know, anything that we're putting into our bodies and taking for a reason, we need to consider quality. So how does that sort of break down in the peptide landscape? Because, I mean, uh, you see a lot of different websites and you wonder where they're making it, how is it being tested and purified, um, and I know that you do have a, uh, a company uh, based around producing and, you know, getting people access to these things, um, yes. which I definitely want to mention um, and learn more about. But uh, where do you see the quality picture in terms of, you know, um, what to avoid, things to look into to determine if the quality is there? Are there sort of, you know, uh, your, what's your process for vetting sourcing of various molecules? Okay, well, it's it's not easy, and it's such it's such so that uh, it's the first reason why I started to uh, uh, my company because I was using peptides for years, buying from different companies. You think you find a good source, then suddenly uh, you get it; it works. Uh, next time you get it, it doesn't work. So I say, "Whoa, there is something fishy there." Um, and it turns out uh, it's easy. Uh, first, I looked like everybody. I went on the internet, and the first to pop out is uh, Alibaba, those Chinese suppliers. Uh, so I got deeper into it, and it turns out that uh, all, all those, you know, if you go on Alibaba, you'll find at least fifty, a hundred suppliers of peptides. Well, those are not really suppliers; they're resellers of peptides. Mm. Uh, the way uh, China is uh, structured, it's all government uh, controlled. So uh, probably you've heard, if you go to China, there is a whole area of China, it's only for clothing, for example. Another area is only for electronics and uh, another province is mm -hmm. only for chemicals. So, and it's government assigned. So at one point government, they say, okay, you, you're going to do this, you, you're going to do this, and pa pa pa. So there is maybe two actual companies. Maybe one, maybe two. I, I don't know the for a fact the actual number. Yeah. But there, there are a few. There is no need 10 companies. You know, it's... Uh, so they just make them. And then they have a bunch of resellers. So let's say they make a kilo of uh, TB500. Then they... Uh, vial them, do, ready to go. Then they reach and they say, we have this. You, How many you want me to reserve for you, for you to sell? Mm. And, and they go around. That's why, uh, um, surprisingly, they all sell about at the same price. It's not a question of competition. They all get it at the same price. They all sell it. They all make about and the same profit on the thing. Mm -hmm. But they all source from the same place, basically. So you buy from company A uh, on the internet, B, C, or D. The, the origin point is probably the same. Mm -hmm. um, they may change the color of the cap and things like that, but it's pretty much the, the same. Now, when you come to quality, 
it's a bit of a Russian uh, roulette. You may have a very high quality or one batch can be very high quality and the next one uh, not so good. You, the, the fact is you don't know. And that it's I don't know factor that I didn't like. Uh, I always been like that. Even supplements, anything. If if I have a chance to source myself the raw material, then I will. Just so I sleep. You know, I don't have a doubt in my mind that mm -hmm. I'm actually taking this. So it's a bit of Russian roulette, and and then you look deeper uh, i know uh, a few years ago there was kind of a craze about pnc 27 which is a anti-cancer peptide and the fda emitted an alert based that they did find uh, dead bacteria in the the vials of the peptides coming from china and it was at that time where they had that uh, those chicken things there uh, so, you know, like nobody wants, basically, yeah, the, 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 uh, there you go. <laughs> I didn't know in English how you call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so obviously nobody wants uh, Chinese bacteria in their peptides. No. So this, and then there is that other Scandinavian study that I, if you go on my Facebook page, you just look, look up for CanLab. I post uh, things once in a while. Mm -hmm. And I posted that, that study where they got like over 15 melanotan peptides from different internet sources. And they all, quality wise, it, percentage, most of them were pretty high percentage, but they all said they contained 10 milligrams. And uh, upon testing, they all showed to contain five milligrams. And that's where the Chinese can be tricky. Uh, they sell it to you as 10, so you, rese you resell it at 10, you know, you believe them. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it doesn't matter who you buy it from, the source, initial source being the same, it's always going to be five. Mm -hmm. And you know that saying, if you repeat a lie often enough, it becomes a truth. So you would use it and eventually you would get a tan. Uh, your friend would use from another company, you would get a tan in about this. Everybody would get a tan eventually in the same time frame because the actual product is there. But it's gonna take uh, a bit longer uh, or much longer depending. Mm -hmm. So basically, uh, you understand where I'm going. Yeah, the quality was there, easy. but the quantity wasn't. And sometimes uh, there is that thing uh, many years ago where they put uh, growth hormone uh, on the market, Chinese. Mm -hmm. And for six months, they did supply the best growth hormone quality you could get, uh, quality and quality-wise. And after six months, they switched to another compound, which I don't remember what it is, that did nothing... As for growth hormone, it was not growth hormone, but the side effect of that product was the tar uh, carpal tunnel, uh, tunnel uh, inflammation mm. in the wrist. So people would use it and they would say, oh, it must be good because I get that inflammation. Mm. And they made, and obviously that product was a lot cheaper than actual growth hormone. So, you yeah. know, the, 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 the overall point is, you don't know. And Chinese always have been 
they're, they're tricky. You know, if they can't pass one, they will. So that's why I started my company. And basically now I know what I'm taking. I'm confident when I sell it because it is what it is. Uh, Luckily, the initial investment was very small because the biochemist I hooked up with uh, already had and paid all the equipment he needed. Just needed somebody to, what I'm doing right now, promote. Mm-hmm. So to say the, the company, so we're making a good team. And uh, um, actually, is the same biochemist. Uh, CGC1295 was discovered there in Montreal. Um, one of the first, uh, the first growth hormone secretagogue to come out uh, in the market. Uh, you know, you go on Wikipedia, you see uh, Montreal. Then the company moved to Toronto and they flopped. But that's another story. And the biochemist I work with uh, actually synthesized the first molecule of CGC twelve ninety five. So he has been in that business of making peptides for more than twenty years. So it is, it's pretty good. Very cool. Very cool. And I mean, for someone like myself, it's always nice to know source and to you know understand that humans are humans and you know greed is a factor in many cases and so when someone can get away with something they will um, and but something I've learned I've done other businesses you know I lived in Mexico and uh, for 10 years and I lived in Europe for uh, almost 15 years oh, nice. uh, I worked as a kinesiologist training people but I, you know I, I did businesses to ventures and all that and one thing I've learned uh, if that, that's off track, but you know, for your yeah. uh, listeners, if you want to, uh, the people who make the most uh, money in the chain of a product are the people who make it. If you want produce yourself something, don't mm. resell. Don't, no, you produce me. That's what I've learned. That works for myself. Uh, but that gives me the opportunity since I'm the first on the line to, to give good price. And basically I set my price to the market price. I try not to, uh, because if you go to a compounding pharmacy, it's going to be much more expensive, but they don't make them. So, you know, they buy it from somebody, they, mm. they retest, they do all kinds of things. Uh, they ensure the quality. So the, 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 the price is justified uh, from those pharmacies. But, the, but, me, I'm the first line. You know, you buy from me. You're not buying from a reseller or a distributor. You're buying straight from the maker. So uh, that's why we're able to keep the kind of press prices we keep. Like PNC 27, I have it on my website. Uh, you're going to go, you're going to say, whoa, it's expensive. Well, there are only two other companies on the planet I found that sell it. They are reseller. They probably get it from China, and uh, one in England and one in the States. And uh, if because they sell different dosage by vial, but per milligrams, uh, we're the cheapest uh, offering it because we make it. We don't mm. buy it, so the people, you know, you, you understand the process. No? Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very cool, and I just like to know that there are people out there that. Uh, are doing the due diligence, right, to create not only the best quality, but then offer it at a, um, you know, an affordable and a 
uh, an honest price, right? Honest, good quality for a good price. And there's nothing wrong with that in my eyes. And uh, we need more and, of that, in uh, fact. And, uh, sorry, business-wise, one thing I've learned in my years is don't be greedy. Mm. That, that long-term, that's going to kill any business. Don't be greedy. There is a pie for everybody. Yes. So, and, uh, but just a parenthesis, uh, because talking of that uh, soon, I've been saying that for three years, but hopefully <laughs> that's the right time. We're going to make some videos, me, my biochemist in the lab, uh, not the whole process of making peptide because it's many days, but you know, mm -hmm. like little steps. Okay. And explaining, okay, this is the peptide synthesizer. That's how it works. Then maybe, you know, li uh, lyophilization, how it works and why it takes two days. And, you know, so uh, people get a better understanding uh, how it's done. And if people want to keep up with that kind of information, we're going to post again, just uh, like you know, my CanLab page, uh, where I post things already, not much because I don't like to write. But you know, if I find an interesting article on a product new, then I'll post it there. And uh, once in a while, a little thing I write, if I get inspired. But, and I will post those videos on that page for people to actually see that because uh, uh, it's uh, you know it's good to see you no know, it's not just uh, pictures of a lab that i picked on the internet and i just put there you know that's the actual thing yeah which is always you know i think where a lot of this is going right it's more transparency and education uh first right in whatever sector somebody's working in or developing something and you got to educate people so that they understand that these are out there, right? Cause I would imagine, and I don't even have a family doctor at this point, but I would imagine if I did, they would be completely in the dark around oh, this yeah. topic. Right? I've seen expert uh, doctors at McGill university, like teaching leader in their fields, gastroenterology and sitting with them and, uh, explaining them about BPC-157, you know, uh, 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 how good it is for the gastrointestinal tract. And first, they never heard of it. And uh, they basically don't have interest in it. First. And it's, it's well, it, it makes sense if it's not patentable, right? That big pharma uh, and then you know, hence the medical association associate or the medical institute associated with big pharma, uh, it doesn't have an incentive to push these things into the light. So that's why, you know, like many of these things, it's a grassroots approach. Mm. And uh, I'm happy to be able to, you know, be part of that and to talk to people like you so I can better experiment on myself and then better advise people because, you know, as we know, um, and it's perfect that you mentioned BPC because that's one of the ones I also want to just talk about a little bit here. Yes. Um, you know, gut health is, is so much a factor in these chronic health epidemics that we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. And so to have something which I've, I've not taken, um, and I, we could actually talk about this a little bit in terms of that one, is there benefit to take it orally or is that still injected or would both be best? How do you sort of fall there? That's the only peptide that I know of that you can take orally yes okay 
but about half of it will be digested. So whichever dosage you would have used injected, uh, you have to double it to take it orally. So it makes it twice as expensive. That, that becomes and the limiting factor. But otherwise, it orally, uh, with those parameters, it works as well as injected. For that that only one. That one, yeah. Not, not, not the other. Not the other ones. Yeah, and it's it's really exciting. I think I'm going to have to do a course of this on myself shortly because. Um, you know, gut health is really what got me into the health space was, was really not having a healthy gut for many years. Well, and most yeah. people don't know, but everybody has some degree of uh, intestinal permeability. Uh, yes. So, um, and it seems to only be getting worse uh, for most people given yes. the increased stress load. Um, so to have, again, something like this, um, that is naturally produced by the body, it is very safe and relatively inexpensive considering the alternative, right? Because you can- The alternative can, and what you get out of it. Yeah, because I mean, I've been there personally and I've advised clients on successful gut healing protocols, but those can cost, you know, many hundreds of dollars for oh, yeah. the, the clean food and the right supplements. And so to have something like this that just seems to have a lot more potency um, is really why I'm super, super interested. The, um, if you are for a strong gut uh, healing course, three weeks of BPC. And the only supplement I would add, and it's kind of a cheap one, uh, glutamine, mm. which is the brick to build the, the intestinal walls. And, uh, but high dose, you know, uh, I, I get that uh, glutamine protocol from a past friend of mine, Charles Polykin, mm. and uh, like 80 grams a day for three weeks. Uh, the same three weeks you take the BPC, you take 80 grams of glutamine. So now you have the brick and the mortar to heal. Uh, amazing results, amazing. And what would be the dosing of the BPC in that protocol? Depending if you use it, uh, depending on the, that, that's to the case. You know, I've done a lot mm. of consultation with people private who already see a doctor. Uh, many, many doctors in the US, they use peptides, but I, most of the time they all tell me the same thing. They say, yeah, my doctor, but he doesn't know anything about it. You know, mm. he just follow the standard protocol, uh, half a milligram a day. That's it for everybody. You know, mm -hmm. they, they're not well educated yet on uh, what you can do. Uh, for example, if you had Crohn disease, I, I would take much more. If it's more of, a, let's say you don't have actual intestinal issues, but you just want, or it's not affecting you in terms of uh, symptoms, but you know, you know, you have some, then the dosages will be very different. It, that would be maybe a preventive uh, course than a, a curing course. So you're talking about different dosages, different length of use. But uh, the overall starting point, yes, it is half a milligram a day uh, for three weeks. If you have uh, 
if you're fairly healthy, you just want to fix your gut, maybe do it once every three months, you know, as a preventive measure, you do that protocol of BPC glutamine every three months to be sure that that's in check. Uh, if you have a crown disease, I wouldn't be afraid to use two, uh, two milligrams a day and different uh, in split dosages because the, 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 the situation, the, 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 the disease requires that kind of uh, aggressiveness. So that that uh, you can play play with dosages again, depending what you have, what you want, and uh, yeah, dosages and length of uh, use. Uh, Crohn disease. I've seen cases of total remission of Crohn disease, like all gone. Uh, the longest it took three months but they were on high dosage of BPC for three months and glutamines and in that case, maybe a few other supplements. But uh, total uh, remission of the crown, you know, diet in check, everything in check and uh, it of works course. great. Uh, but general, uh, as, as a preventive measure, I would go half, half a milligram a day. Mm -hmm. Uh, better taken twice a day, so a quarter milligram in the morning, a quarter milligram, because it's very short acting in time, uh, six hours. So you get better results if you split the dosage. So twice a day, a quarter milligrams, and that 80 grams of uh, glutamine for three weeks. That that that's a base protocol, so to say. Very cool. Very cool. And then one other uh, sort of category that I've seen quite popular um, are the growth hormone uh, secretagogues or, yes. um, you know, mimickers. And I see there's, there's quite a few um, and it's been a bit uh, challenging to sort of discern, okay, what's, what's sort of the best thing for the money here? And again, I understand it's probably very contextual. Um, but do you have sort of a, a go-to or a favorite that you've seen most effective? Yeah, um, uh, that's why if you go on my website, I sell only one. Well, mm. two, but you buy them together because in my view, it's the best combination of two growth hormone secretagogue with the least side effects. And uh, so it's CGC 1295. And... Uh, mixed with uh, ipamorelin and you mix them because it's one of those cases when one plus one equal three or even five in that case uh, you got a synergetic effect so you don't need to take that much to get a strong effect if you take them together so uh, yeah ipamorelin because it's uh, the last generation of secretagogue so it doesn't affect appetite, it doesn't increase cortisol, it doesn't increase prolactin. Uh, the, the first ones, they would do that. They would increase your cortisol, prolactin. They would make you, because they're basically derivates of ghrelin. You know, the, mm. uh, the, the research came about those secretagogue when they started to study ghrelin and they found out, oh, ghrelin increase ridiculously appetite and oh look at this uh, it does increase growth hormone release so that it's they are very it acts on both receptors so they started to make variations of the ghrelin 
to make it a bit like they did with steroids, basically mm -hmm. make them more anabolic and less androgenic. So they did the same. They say, okay, let's make it work less on the ghrelin receptors and more on the uh, pituitary uh, receptors, you know, for growth hormone release. So they are the first generation that worked good, but still may, would make you hungry crazy. Mm -hmm. Then the second generation that wouldn't make you so hungry, but would still raise your cortisol and uh, prolactin. And then the latest generation, no, only growth hormone release without any uh, side, uh, not side effects, but yeah, side effects. But yeah, just, you know, other effects that might not be as tolerable for some people. Exactly. Right? So the hardcore people, and I see this a lot in the, you know, the intermittent fasting people or the one meal a day people, and a lot of what seems to be propelling them is they're, they want to naturally optimize their growth hormone. By and not that's that's right. the best way because basically human body, you know, our growth hormone levels, they decrease a lot as we grow older, but the capacity of the pituitary to secrete it doesn't decrease. So as soon as you stimulate it again, it will release as if, as when you were young, basically what decreases it with age is, is the stimulus. It's not the gland itself that, uh, becomes uh, sloppy. It just loses its uh, stimulus to secrete. Yeah, and uh, again, this uh, my interest for this one really stems not only in terms of recovery and you know performance and those things, but uh, you know I had a friend who had a lot of concussions mm. and growth hormone therapy, which was very hard to get and very expensive for him, uh, was a lifesaver. And it, it really helped move the needle on his recovery and the, the associated PTSD uh, that he was experiencing from that brain trauma. And so, again, um, this seems to be a fantastic option for at least people to look into, right? And this whole podcast, you know, I want people who are listening to not just take what we're saying as face value, but just do a bit of research, right? Dive in, learn a bit more, you know, see other people's experience, uh, what they've used it for, what it's been beneficial for. Um, and then at that point, if you want to move forward and, and experiment with something, then you at least have a better understanding and grasp to, to base your, your dosing and your choices on. Um, because really what, for me, this is all about choice. And it's about giving people the ability to choose better quality interventions, better quality supplements, better quality, um, you know, wellness enhancing, life enhancing uh, medicines, you know, we might call them. And this is definitely not medical advice by any means, but this is just us, you know, uh, sharing what's worked, research, uh, where things are going, and things that I think are very worthwhile to be continuing to look into. Okay. Oh, just to give you an idea of magnitude, you, you know, you talked about growth hormone. Mm -hmm. uh, if you were to do uh, peptides for repair, and BPC is very good for the brain, mm. uh, and you would add uh, growth hormone or growth hormone secretagogue, you would add maybe a 15, 20% increase healing. Mm. So just to show you how uh, strong is BPC-157 or TB-500, it's uh, using both 
will yeah increase even more the healing process but 80% of the work will be done by the TB500 or the BPC and 20% by the growth hormone uh, itself. Okay. So if your friend had used BPC at the same time, he probably would have seen even more amazing results. Very cool. I'll have to uh, send this his way once it's live. And for everyone who's been listening, You'll find show notes. I've got about four pages of notes that I've been taking as we're chatting here. So you'll find all of those linked over at the blog, brianhardy.ca forward slash peptides. And uh, I'll have links to uh, Jean-Francois' uh, Facebook page and his company, Ken Lab, where they're producing a lot of these uh, you know, peptides with very, very high quality standards. So if you want to dive into those, that will all be available in the show notes. And uh, as we begin to wrap up here, and I can talk to you for hours. This is absolutely fascinating. Um, but uh, I want to respect your time, and also I want to get back outside and enjoy this Jamaican heat. Um, <laughs> so um, in closing, um, I'm curious if there are three resources, uh, books, documentaries, teachers that you've come across that you could, and they could have been people you've already mentioned, um, but that you've come across that you might offer to people who want to continue diving deeper in this topic or any topic related to health, business, whatever. Well, on peptides themselves, uh, general, I didn't find a good one good reference because uh, most of those uh, websites they're still driven by uh, myths, yeah, uh, like that local injection thing and. Uh, even when I did that podcast, Ben believed or he, he proned the local injection with BPC. And, you know, in my podcast with him, I say, well, no, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. It was an honest uh, mistake because that's kind of generally admitted. Uh, probably a bit of placebo effect, which is not a bad thing. Uh, look, if you believe it will work better, then, uh, hey, be my guest. I, I believe in the placebo effect. And uh, your mind working, hey, go mm -hmm. for it. But uh, scientifically, no, it, it won't work more. Uh, so it's hard. Uh, I could, I'll send you the link uh, for the bioregulators to uh, Dr. Kevinson, uh, Institute on uh, Gerontology in uh, St. Petersburg. Uh, a lot of information on those bioregulators. Uh, otherwise, uh, uh, I should make a page. <laughs> yeah, it seems like many it's, times. It's uh, like writing. That, that's that's the thing. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hire somebody to just like sit down and write what I say. <laughs> yeah. I think that there's a clear uh, need for that and opportunity. Uh, it to, seems uh, there is. And, and you know, when I give conferences or consultation, that's, you know, I, I, I don't invent things, you know, I'm not mm. deep in basic research and, oh, I'm the first one who discovered that. But I have years of clinical experience out of my own practice and with my client because you know I get feedback from them they ask questions I do answers and you know I tell them hey let me know it went so I get hundreds of feedbacks from which creates a clinical basis of whether I know works and doesn't work 
protocols and everything. So, um, uh, no, the, 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 there isn't one good place. It's, uh, for example, uh, out, a lot, a lot of things come from that uh, bodybuilding culture where they used a lot of growth hormones and growth hormone is a fragile peptide. You know, it's easy to degrade. Uh, if you shake the bottle too hard, you can break it. Not 100% of it, but some, you decrease a percentage a bit. So yes, you have to be a bit careful with that peptide. But they, they assume it's the same for all peptides. So they're going to say, no, BPC, you have to do it this way and be very careful. Now, they actually, they're very, very stable peptides. Mm -hmm. And you could leave it on the counter for, you know, you, you forgot to put it back in the fridge for a day. Still good. Uh, when I ship them, they, sometimes I ship to Australia, it takes a few days. No, it's still good when it arrives. The, 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 those ones are very stable peptides. They don't degrade easily. And uh, actually what degrade more a peptide is more the light than the heat. So if you forget it at room temperature, but it's in the dark, it won't degrade much. If you left it, in front of the window that you get the sunlight, uh, strong light, then yeah, it probably will degrade a lot faster. And you're talking about just the still powdered version or is that true? Yeah, yeah. Or, or even uh, reconstitute uh, okay. still. Uh, of course, being in the liquid phase, it's easier to degrade it. But still, the... Listen, the first time I used, to give you a personal example, first time I used melanotan, I was living in Spain and I was sharing an apartment. So I didn't want the person I was sharing the apartment with to know I was using peptides, you know. They had nothing to do with all those things. So I, yeah. I kept it in my room and it was summertime and uh, Madrid in the summer can get very hot. Yeah. And let me tell you, at room temperature, 35, 38 degrees, uh, we didn't have air conditioning, we had fans, but uh, it worked perfectly. Didn't make a difference. Uh, with that test, we do a stability test where uh, we reconstitute a peptide, then do the HPLC to see uh, the percentage, then leave it there, sitting there on, uh, on the counter, uh, well, it's artificial light, but you know, in the light, room temperature, then test it again a month after. And I, maybe it lost 1% of its purity. Uh, okay, that's good to know. So, so they're, they're, they're pretty, pretty stable peptides. People worry too much about that. They, they should worry about other things. Okay, good to know. Well, and that's oftentimes, you know, just dispelling some of the biggest myths can be some of the best information for folks. So um, I really appreciate you uh, doing that and continuing to do that. And I hope that at some point, you know, these videos and or some sort of you know, reference uh, is developed because it clearly there's something there. And I think the demand is only going to continue to grow. Um, so that would be something for myself to look forward to. Um, and as we wrap here, I just want to close with this question. Um, yes. The show is called Redefining Reality. 
And I'm curious, when you hear that, those words, what does that bring up inside of you? Oh, boy. <laughs> and I know you can go on to the next two it hours. It makes me think about so. uh, quantum uh, physics. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've been reading quite a lot about that. I, I do believe, uh, because on this side, another thing I do, I, I work with uh, energy medicines. Mm. of uh, Nasira Quest 4 machine and I got pretty good results with that uh, but it's basically based on that uh, energetic uh, medicine so that, that's why it's that whole thing that uh, comes to mind and uh, yeah uh, I, 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 like, I like it me as well me as well and you're definitely um, you know someone pioneering this and I look forward to uh, continuing to research and, and seeing what sorts of outcomes and results we can create with with the stacking of these things, because that's really what uh, excites me the most, um, and that's you know that's what I was at the uh, the conference last October um, speaking about is you know how to get the best outcomes by stacking mm -hmm. modalities. So uh, clearly you are doing that and have been doing that, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to. Share this with folks. Like I said, everyone listening, show notes will be at brianhardy.ca forward slash peptides. And uh, Jean-Francois, thank you so much for your time. No, thanks to you. Okay. Everyone listening, take care. Have a beautiful week, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope this episode has been as insightful and inspiring for you as it was for me. And if you appreciate this content and this show, then do me a favor and visit some of the product websites that I talk about. Use the discount codes and uh, all those things contribute to this podcast and help to support my ongoing work and are very much appreciated. The last thing I would ask is a share on social media or a comment or forwarding an email that I send out, any of those things, just so we can reach more people and keep this movement moving. Okay, be well, and I'll catch you next time.